And hey guys, you are in for a very special treat tonight because I'm only going to be up here for like three more seconds, not even minutes. We have, yeah, give it up. Justin gets to shut up. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to chill. I'm going to drink my energy drink. And I'm going to watch as you guys have uh, something that you guys need desperately. Because here's the deal. Every single week you hear from me, and I'm a dude. I mean, some of y'all get confused. Y'all be making jokes. But here's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's two different perspectives to this whole God, the Bible, truth thing. There's the male perspective and the female perspective. And so many times, especially for you females, listen up. It's very easy and I get this, for sometimes for me to speak out of experience, for me to speak out of my personal bent, that it's almost, it can be one-sided. And so for us, we have a very special gift tonight because one of our favorite females uh, in this house for Grace City is going to be coming and speaking. She uh, is the most servant-hearted person you will ever meet. Chances are if you're around her, she will probably trip and fall. Um, she went through our ministry school and absolutely killed it. And then uh, the worst day ever came when she told us that she was going to leave to go to Kennesaw. We're like, no, we're not leaving. We're going to kidnap you so you can stay here. But she went, killed it, and now she is back. Thank God. She's a teacher. She does all things uh, with excellence. Man, this girl is amazing. So y'all give it up for Miss Hope Joyner. Give it up. Give it up. All right. How are you guys tonight? Okay, well, like Justin said, I'm Hope. I haven't met you yet. Come say hi, but not right now because I have a mic, and that would just be kind of awkward. I love you more. But we are wrapping up our conversation tonight. I'm so excited to be closing us out on our series of Heaven and Earth. And so far, we've had some amazing crew conversations. I know I've had some great crew conversations with the best crew at Grace City, the underclassmen girls. Love them so much, but we've been talking about the reality of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? What does that look like in our everyday life? We've talked about heaven, but we've also talked about hell, and if God is so good, then why is there a hell? And if you missed that one, check it out on Spotify. It was fantastic. You see that plug? It wasn't even in the script. Man, I'm good. <laughs> but now we've started talking about, okay, if all of this is true, how can I no longer live for now, but how can I live for eternity, for what lasts? So last week, we talked about living for the rest, so living for eternity, and what we can do on earth to prepare for that, and it was fantastic. We talked about serving, and I'm going to be wrapping that up today, because ultimately what we believe for you guys is what you believe about eternity affects every single day for the rest of your life. It affects how you live here on earth. So I'm an English teacher. That means I like stories. really like them. So I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to put you in a little imagination moment, so bear with me. Picture this. You get on a flight from Albany to Atlanta. If you've been on that flight, one, I'm sorry, two, it's only about 45 minutes, and you sit down in first class, middle class, last class, it's all the same. It's a tiny plane. If you've been on that flight, you, you just know, and you look over to your right, and at the row next to you, there's this man, and, and he's, a little, he's a little weird, okay? Here's why. He's reupholstering his seat, so instead of that, like, broke bank airplane leather. He's got some genuine leather seats that he's replacing. But to have the seats, then you need to match the carpet. So he's pulling up the carpet just in his little seat and getting some, some nice matching velvety carpet. It's beautiful. It looks great. Now he's also putting surround sound into that chair. 
He's also got a flat screen TV that he's putting in front of that teeny tiny little TV that I don't even think that plane has actually. He's got a flat screen TV, hanging up a picture of the wife and kids, got a little house plant next to him. You would think that man is absolutely insane, right? You'd think that man is honestly a little bit dumb. It's a 45-minute flight, and all of a sudden he's tried to make it his home. But ultimately, I think there's a lot of people who, who we do that same thing because we, we maybe live on this earth for 80 years, just about, but we, we live in eternity forever. And we try to make this place our home. We try to, we try to focus on what's not going to last. We try to focus on drama that's happening in school. We try to focus on our anxiety, our depression, our relationships, our lack thereof. We try to focus on all these things that, that don't last instead of actually looking to eternity. So I want to turn your attention tonight to what's going to last. So the question that we have to ask is, if this life is temporary, how do we live for what lasts forever? Now, we t- remember we talked about this some last week, and Justin did a fantastic job. And by the way, you guys are so lucky to have him. You don't see him behind the scenes, but let me tell you, he loves you guys. He's sacrific- sacrificing for you guys. And everything he do is about y'all. That was my, my side note. You are lucky to have Justin. But he talked about how we need to live for what lasts beyond this life. We talked about serving. We had some great conversations in our cruise, and we got to the point that what really lasts, what we're going to bring to eternity is the way that we love people and the way that we love God. And those are the two most important things about you is when you go to eternity, it's not going to be, look at how many national championships I won. Look at how good I am at cheerleading. Look at how great I can dance. Look at these TikTok views. Did you see how many likes my beach picture got on Instagram? Look how good I did on these tests. Look at the college that I got into, the career, how much money I made. That doesn't matter. That won't matter in heaven. I promise you that. You're not bringing that with you. What you are going to bring with you is the way that you loved God and the way that you treated people, the way that you love people. Because if you love God, you love his people. And I don't just mean you love your best friend. I mean you love the person who's hard to love. You love the kid in your class who might be a little bit weird, might not have many friends. You, as the person who loves God, you go out to that person. You love that person. You love the person who's not always nice to you. You forgive that person and you walk in love every single day because that's exactly what Jesus does for each and every single one of us every single day. And when you stand before God on judgment day, he's not going to care about how nice your shoes were. He's not going to care about your Instagram. He's not going to care about your TikTok. He's not going to care about how many girls or guys you dated while you were here on earth. What he is going to ask and what he's going to care about is how well did you love him? How, we're, how well did you love people? Were you kind? Were you generous with your money? Did you give it to people who needed it? Did you, did you tithe? Did you give an offering? Did you do these things or did you hold it all for yourself? Because you're not taking that to heaven. Did you serve the people who needed help? Did you inconvenience yourself sometimes to help out somebody who really needed it? Or, or did you say, my time's too important for you? Because we do that, and I say we because I've done it. I've been there. This isn't me trying to judge you. This is me saying I I get it. But when I get to heaven, I want God to look me in the eyes and say, you you, you did good with what I gave you. Because he's going to ask, what did you do with the life that I gave you? And that's a question that I want to be able to answer well. And I challenge you guys, start living to be able to answer that question and say, look at all this stuff that I did. Look, I inconvenienced myself. I stepped out. I talked to that person who no one talked to. I talked to the person who was labeled weird. I was nice to my bully. Even though this person hurt my feelings and my best friend told this person who told this person who told this person that that my shoes were ugly. 
or all these temporary things that we get so caught up in, we get so wrapped up in. I want to I want to go to heaven and I want to say, I still love that person. So in Matthew 25, it says that on that judgment day, that day that we are going to look God in the eyes at the pearly gates of heaven, and it's going to say, when you failed to love, serve, clothe, feed, care for the least, the forgotten, the unimportant, you failed to do it to me. And I want to just sit there for a second, and I want to I think about this, because I've fallen short on a lot of these. I've fallen short on all of these. And I think it's important for us to look at when we failed to love, when we were the ones who were mean, when we were the bullies, when we were the ones gossiping, we failed to love. When we decided, you know what, I'm not going not gonna to help that person out. I know I could. I know I've got it in my wheelhouse to help this person out, but, but I would much rather be doing this thing. Time and time again, when we don't care for the people, the unimportant, the forgotten, the people that are put into our lives, maybe for a season, a minute, a second, when we, don't, when we ignore them, it says that we are doing that or we are failing to do that to God. But then it says, when you did love, serve, clothe, feed, care for the least important, you did it to me. Because we see this proper, we see this a lot in the Bible. Popularity doesn't matter. It didn't matter to Jesus. He, he cares about the least. He cares about the people who are cast out. He cares about the people who are sitting alone at lunch who we ignore. He cares about the people who are crying out to be seen and we're continuing to just walk past them. Because when we do that, it says, when we're failing to do that, we're failing to do that to Jesus. And I want to think about that because I want to be able to look Jesus in the eye and be like, look, I did love that person because I love you. So what are we doing with our life? Because, again, this is only about 70 to 80 years, but eternity is forever. So what can I do to live for what lasts? And last week we talked about one of the best ways to live for what lasts, and that is serving people. And tonight I want to wrap up our series on heaven and earth and talk about seeking. So when I say seeking, I mean the Christian word for it is evangelism. And evangelism translates to the great commission. So at the end of Jesus' life, after he had died and been resurrected, before he ascended up to heaven, the very last sermon he ever gave, the last thing he ever preached about, was to go into all the world and make disciples. He talked about seeking. He talked about going into the world and bringing people into relationship with him. And if it's important enough for Jesus to spend his last sermon talking about, I think it's something that we need, to, we need to sit on, we need to think about. And so, if you're here, man, God's been seeking you. God's been running after you. Every time you run away, he runs, he runs with you. And now that, now that you've been found, now that you're plugged into Cruz, and you have a great crew, and you have these great conversations, and maybe you're coming on Sundays, and now you're serving in Sundays, and you're doing all these things, you're taking all these next steps. I know what your next step is, and that's to go seek the people who still haven't been found. Because that's what we're called to do, is we're, we are called to go out into all the world and make disciples, not just in our, our Grace City friend group, not just in, in, in our school, in our inner circle, but we're, we're called to go out into all the world, into every well, realm of the world and make disciples. So think about it. Most of you guys might call this place your home, and if you haven't yet, congratulations. You're part of the family. I'm calling this place home for you because you belong here. But there are people at your school. There's people in your family. There's people in your friend group who, who don't feel like they belong anywhere. Who, who no one's actually taken the time to invite. So let me tell you, one of the most important things you will ever do is invite people to church. And I don't mean that because we want numbers, because let me tell you, it is not about numbers. It is about life, and it is about death. 
because that's the reality of this. If this is temporary and that is forever, I want to bring people there with me. I don't want to go there alone. So one of the best ways for you to live for what lasts is to start inviting people. And for me, it's really personal. And I'm going to get honest. I'm going to get vulnerable with you guys because this is what we do in Cruise because y'all are my family. So for me, it's my brother who, who people see all the way out in left field and say, he's lost. And you know what? He might be. But guess what? Jesus is going to find him because when we go out into left field, Jesus follows you into left field because there is no one who is too lost to be found by Jesus. So all it takes is one person to invite. And I pray for him every day. Every single day I pray for him. I pray for my best friends who still aren't walking in a relationship with Jesus. And you're called to do the exact same thing because that one, that prayer it is going to start. It's going to start changing that person's life, whether they know it or not, because even if they're not ready to walk into the church, you can always pray for somebody. That's the nicest thing you can do, and you don't need their permission to do it because when you're praying for someone, they might not know it yet, and you might not know it yet, but you are changing their life. And so, so for my brother, I'm praying for him every day, and I'm waiting for somebody to invite him because I can invite him, and I invite him all the time, but I need someone else, someone who he respects, someone like you to invite him in. So for me, it's personal. So this, this life or death, man, I'm fighting for his life. And there's people in your life who need you to start fighting for them. There's people in your life who haven't been found, who are just maybe waiting for that one invite. Maybe they, they're not sure who God is at all. Maybe, maybe they say that they've been walking with him for years, but they've been lost. It is your call to invite them. You ask what's your purpose in life, let me tell you what your purpose is in life. It is to love God. It is to love people. It is to invite the lost into relationship with him because the second you have that encounter, your entire life has changed. So the nicest thing you can ever do for someone is to pray for them and to invite them to have that same encounter. Now I want to tell you guys another story. Is that okay? I want to talk to you guys about a man named James Harrison. I think we have a picture of him. Isn't he so cute? Can we just take a second? That man is adorable. So James Harrison has a cure for the Reese's. That's what we're going to call it today. It's the Reese's disease. <laughs> but it is a disease that, and I'm going to read this word for word because it's medical and I, t I teach English. I don't teach this. But it is a condition that pregnant women can get where it destroys babies' blood cells in the mother's womb. So before these babies even, even leave their, their mom's bellies, there, they, they don't make it when they get this disease. And somehow, this cute man found out that he had the cure. There were some properties in his blood that cured that disease. Let me tell you guys something. He, he didn't just sit on that and find out, like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go watch a new season of Outer Banks. No, he, he had the cure in his blood, and, and what do you think he did with it? He donated blood over a 1,000 times. This man, James Harrison, this sweet old man, saved over 2.4 million babies because of the cure that is in his blood. How selfish would it be of him to have that cure in his blood and not go out and, and give and not go out and inconvenience himself because I don't know if you've ever had blood drawn, but I haven't. It's a needle in your arm, and that is more inconvenient than I care to, to deal with, Okay. But he didn't care because ultimately the payout was worth it. There are 2.4 million babies in the world because of this man, babies who would not have made it, but he had the cure in his blood. Let me tell you guys something. 
Jesus' blood when he died and he rose again for your sins and you accepted him into your heart and the Holy Spirit came in, you have the cure. You have the cure, and a lot of us are just sitting on it. We're not doing anything with it. And just like it would be selfish of him not to go out and to give blood, it's selfish of us when we're not inviting people in. It's selfish of us to, to look at people and say, you know what? seems like you're really struggling. It seems like anxiety is weighing you down. It seems like you can't get out of that depression hole. It seems like you might not have any friends, but you'll be okay. No. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to, to spread that cure. The cure that, yes, he saved people here on earth, and that man is an absolute hero, but, but we can save people and bring them into eternity. We can bring them into forever because we're not living for what's now. We're looking at later. And if later is eternity, I want these people in eternity with me. And you have people that have been placed in your life who you're going to want eternity with them, right? So invite them. Pray for them. Just like we say, pray without ceasing, seek without ceasing. Don't stop inviting them just because they say no. Don't stop praying for them just because you're not seeing anything happen. You've got to keep going. You've got to be persistent. You might be the only person who's persistently praying for that person. And you might be the reason that, that you get to see them in heaven one day. How awesome could that be? Because I want to get to heaven. I want to look God in the eyes, and I want to say I invited all these people. And you know what? These people might not have gotten it while I was there, but they're going to get it. Because let me tell you, all the people in my life who aren't sure about Jesus yet, I believe, and I have the faith to believe, and I'm going to keep praying with that faith that they're going to get it. And I might not see it, but I know it's happening. I know it's coming. You've got people in your life who need you to be the persistent person who needs you to keep inviting them, who needs you to keep praying for them because you might be the only person in their life that's doing that. And if you are here, someone's done that for you. Someone has prayed for you. And if you, if you don't believe it, let me tell you, we have pre-service prayer every single Wednesday where we pray for every single one of you. So someone is praying for you. Someone's inviting you in. Someone wants you a part of this family. Someone wants you in eternity. If nobody else has told you that, I want you there. I don't want eternity without you. You are a part of this family. So whatever happened last week that you think, hmm, I don't know about this God thing. I don't, I don't know how it is for me. Every, every time I start seeking God, my life starts sucking. I get it. I get it. But God still loves you. And he still wants you in eternity. And I still want you in eternity. And now that you're in relationship with God, it is your turn to go seek these people, to go find these people and bring them into the kingdom, bring them into eternity because we're not living for now. We are living for later. And in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because this cascading riches of his grace. So you can invite people in, invite everyone you know, invite people you don't know. I know a lot of people who've come to church because someone saw them at a grocery store and brought them in. You can do that. You can do it anywhere with anybody. It's not embarrassing. It's I care enough about you, you random stranger, that I want to see you in heaven with me. And that's the reality. As Christians, we want that for people. But ultimately, it's not about you, but it's all about what he did. You might be the person who's verbalizing, who's inviting someone in, but it is about Jesus. It is about his blood. So I'm not the one saving lives. Jesus is doing it. I'm the one planting seeds. So you got to keep planting seeds everywhere you go because wherever you are, your job, your sports team, your friend circle, your school, you're called to be the one planting the seeds because you might be the only person who's doing that for these people. But it's all about what Jesus has already done 
for you because the question remains, if you have the cure for this disease, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are, are you living like you have the cure for that disease? Are you, are you walking the talk, talking the walk, however that phrase goes? Are you doing it? Or are you holding, hoarding it to yourself? Are you only coming to church once a week on Wednesdays to see a boo thing or to see your potential future boo thing? They just don't know it yet. And are you, are you sometimes listening a little bit? Maybe, maybe you're starting to raise your hands in worship, and that's awesome. But don't keep that to yourself. Bring that into your circles. And guess what? We have a great thing coming up where, where you get to practice this. You get to invite people. And it's a no-pressure kind of thing. But it's, hey, hey, why don't you come with me to Revive Night? Listen, my pastor wears some skinny jeans. You just got to see it. I've never seen a grown man with pants this tight. You can do that. You can say, listen, that girl, Hope, she's going to threaten to fight you. You just got to see it happen. Every week. Y'all want to see Nick's man bun? Hey, it's coming along. It's getting bigger every week. Come to Revive Night. Come see. Listen, Jaden's hoops, they, they, they really do get bigger every week. Come to Revive Night. Come hang out with us. Come see how tall some of these boys are. It's kind of ridiculous. Miles over here. I can't. I can't. There he is. Look at how tall he is. Invite someone to come see that. It's an anomaly. All you have to do is invite somebody. Jesus does the rest because it's not about us. If you get them through this door, I promise Jesus is going to speak to them. God is going to plant something in their heart that can't be uprooted. It takes you to invite them though takes you to bring them into the reality. And Revive Night is next week. There's no better time to invite someone than Revive Night because it's not cruise, which invite them to cruise. Bring them into cruise. But Revive Night, it's all about fun. There's going to be an amazing message. There's going to be incredible worship, but it's more of a no-pressure kind of thing. So invite that person who you're thinking of. Invite that person who no one talks to at lunch. See how you change their life. Just, just sit back. See how you do it. Invite the best friend of yours who has said no to church a thousand times, make it a thousand and one. Don't give up. You can't be the person in their life to give up. Their life matters too much. Their eternity matters too much because what we are doing here is life or death. So we have to seek. I'm going to pray for us. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. God, I want to thank you so much for the fact that, that you found us first, that we, we didn't have to find you because you always came after us, Jesus. And I want to thank you so much for that, Lord. I thank you for the confidence you are instilling in every single person in this room to start inviting, to start walking and stepping out boldly to invite their friends and their family and the people that they're not too sure of yet and start bringing them into relationship with you because there is nothing better we can do for somebody. I thank you for the reality that you are good Lord, and that this is only just the beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>